Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. Today is Friday, May 26th. Coming up, longtime actor Jeff Hiller is excited to finally be playing a main character instead of a bit part. Almost everything I've done, I've been like, nobody's going to watch this. And most of the time, I've been right. We'll talk to him about his role in HBO's Somebody Somewhere, set in Manhattan, Kansas. But first, some headlines. Airbnb is clamping down on parties over the Memorial Day and Fourth of July weekends in Missouri. KCUR's Chris Fortune reports people who break the rules could be banned from Airbnb. Airbnb will block some entire home bookings for one- and two-night reservations, and guests who make local reservations are required to acknowledge that parties are banned. Noisy and disruptive gatherings are prohibited by Airbnb. Guests and hosts can be suspended or removed from the platform if they break the rules. In Kansas City, complaints about noise and trash from parties led the city council to create new restrictions on short-term rentals. The city isn't accepting applications for new permits while it overhauls its program. To report a party or disturbance, you can navigate to the Help Center on the Airbnb website and contact customer support. The Kansas City Council voted yesterday to require Facebook parent company Meta to hire a certain number of minority and woman-owned businesses as it builds a data campus in the Northland. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. Under these approved contract changes, Meta has to ensure that 14.7% of contractors are minority-owned and another 14.4% are woman-owned. This comes more than a month after a city report alleged that officials let Meta skirt city rules around contracting with minority and woman-owned businesses, and then allegedly pressured the head of the Civil Rights Office to look the other way. The report found the developer was not meeting the city's minority-owned business goals at the time. The contract changes also require the developer to provide monthly reports to the Civil Rights Office. The Redbridge Shopping Center in South Kansas City lost the only grocery store in the area in January, creating a food desert. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports the planned Redbridge Farm Fresh Market would fill that gap. Mayor Quinton Lucas says the project will be funded through a nearly $1.5 million tax redirection agreement over 10 years. That still needs official approval. I'm excited for what this means to neighbors, what this means to our communities, what this means for people that are looking perhaps to buy a house in this neighborhood and throughout all of South Kansas City. If all goes according to plan, the store will open by the new year. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. The HBO comedy Somebody Somewhere is set in creator Bridget Everett's hometown of Manhattan, Kansas. Everett plays Sam, a woman grieving the death of her sister, taking care of her aging parents, and building a community of misfit friends. Actor Jeff Hiller plays Joel, her best friend on the show. He spoke with KCUR's Steve Kraske about the show's rising success and what it's like to finally play a character with a last name. 
You know, you're getting a lot of attention right now. You were just on Jimmy Kimmel. You're having a moment, Jeff. How is it all going down with you? <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's a it's a momentous moment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very exciting. You know, I've been an actor for about 25 years, yes. and this is the first time anybody's ever wanted to talk to me about anything. <laughs> so I'm appreciating it. <laughs> Do you enjoy it? Uh, yeah. I mean, what I enjoy is, is actually the acting part. I'm, I'm not so great at this part. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but, uh, <laughs> I, I love being able to play a character that has, I mean, honestly, a character that has a last name, you know, <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> well, you've mentioned this on air chemistry with Bridget and boy, as a viewer, it does feel like you're sitting by and watching two very close friends just have a blast together. You know, I know you've been asked this a lot, but how did the two of you work this out? Did it? Don't tell me it all came naturally. And you didn't have to do a, a darn thing about it. <laughs> it was all just natural. Um, that's right. I'm just a very good actor. I actually hate Bridget. Um, no, Let's go with uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually did live together for the first two seasons while we were shooting uh, really? because uh, it was like high COVID in, during season one. And then we just enjoyed ourselves so much then that we decided to do it for season two as well. We also lived with uh, Murray Hill, who plays Fred Rococo on the right, show. So, right. Yeah, it was our, one of our directors called it the ding dong dorm because, uh, <laughs> well, because I think you can fill in the reasons why. <laughs> well, that could have gone one of two ways. I mean, maybe it made your chemistry even better or or maybe you didn't clean up after yourself when you made your bagel in the morning and that, that, that doesn't work. You know, well, we did have separate bathrooms. So that was, I think, an important part of oh, it. That, that helps. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And, I, and you know what? Steve, I cleaned up after my bagels. Let me tell you. Well, that. good for you. Good for you. I'm glad to hear that, Jeff. D did you know her before the show began? We did know each other a little bit, but not. Um, and, and when I got the script, when she actually asked me to audition and I was like, yeah, I've been playing waiters. Yes, I'll play on your fancy HBO show. And when I got the script, I thought, oh, I think they're writing this for me. But then. I've talked to a hundred actors since then who are like, yeah, I auditioned for that too. Oh, that's, but when you read it, were you thinking, boy, this feels awfully right? I absolutely was. And I felt like, oh, I know this character. I know this person in real life, but I've never seen this person on TV before. And I think that's so exciting to, to be able to portray you know, yeah, someone yeah. that we all know. Yeah, no kidding. Um, well, at the place where the public is with the show now, what my wife and I just watched uh, the other night, the two on-screen mm. characters, uh, you and Bridget, you've hit, or you and Sam, I'm getting Bridget and Sam mixed up, have hit a bump in the road <laughs> in your relationship. And it does feel to me, at least for this moment anyway, that the air has sort of gone out of the show a little bit. I mean, it worries me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too <laughs> i want to get the air back in that show <laughs> yeah yeah um well i think that i think the whole point of it is um you know the the tagline of this season is a platonic love story and i think with friendships um we try and portray them really portray everything really authentically and realistically and and i think that um Sometimes in friendships, you have a little bump in the road, and, and it's all about how you navigate those bumps. And, and so much so. of the show centers around the idea that Bridget Everett uh, playing Sam has real issues with intimacy, right? I mean, that's sort of a, a mm -hmm. big focal point here. Um, how, how do you guys navigate that? <laughs> 
Yeah, and it, and and it's also difficult because it it makes that character a little prickly, and and yes. um, you know, so many actors are are would would be like, oh, let me make her likable, let me make her kind, and Bridget's not afraid to make her prickly, and um, I think that's why Joel. Maybe that's the reason that Joel is so much more uh, prevalent in this season is because um, he definitely does not have a problem with intimacy almost <laughs> yes. if, if anything it's the problem is he's too intimate and so uh he, he's able to drag her uh out of this sadness that she's been in for so long after her sister yes, died so exactly uh, exactly you know there's yeah. a lot of b-roll shot of different places in kansas and i couldn't help but wonder if you've been to manhattan kansas yourself and done any shooting there I have not. Um, mm-hmm. They do go once a year. They, they didn't bring me. I'm not not angry about it, but I would like <laughs> to see Manhattan. I'd like to go to Varsity Donuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, people would like to <laughs> see you there. But I have been there, to Jeff. Kansas. Yeah, you have been to Kansas. Okay, okay. I have, yes. You said not so long ago that you were surprised that anybody is watching the show, that it's even found an audience. Tell me more about that. Why did you feel that way? Well, the show is quiet, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, we air after Succession and Barry, these shows that are like explosive and have all of these, you know, they're, they're negotiating elections on Succession and they're, they're you know, murdering people on Barry. And we're, you know, the biggest thing that happens is, you know, I go on a date, you know, it's not that, right. <laughs> it's, not, right. it's, it's a little bit more <laughs> muted. It's, uh, it's a real slice of life. And um, so it is shocking that people are watching this show up with with actors and characters that are not really normally seen on TV. So right, um, right. it's yeah, I don't know. I was a little surprised. I mean, I'm happy about it, but it was a little surprised. <laughs> was there a moment maybe season one, maybe it's in season two. Was there a moment when you guys began to figure out, hey, this is working. People are watching the media starting to pay attention. Well, we shot the whole thing, um, you know, we shoot the whole thing before it's airing. And right. after season one, we got really great reviews and it was like, oh, this is great. But, you know, no, not, not a lot of people were watching. But then it seems like the year and a half that it took to make season two, a lot of people caught up on season one. And um, and a lot more people are, are are interested in the show now that it's coming back for a second season. And yeah. um it's great. <laughs> I mean, when you read this part, you you said how different this program is. I, I mean, w- were you surprised as you read the script? You were, were you thinking, is this gonna work? Is anyone you know anyone gonna watch this thing? You're struggling with that idea. Yeah. I, well, uh, almost everything I've done, I've been like, well, nobody's gonna watch this, and most of the time, I've been right. But on, <laughs> on this particular one. <laughs> I'm very glad that I was wrong. I I really thought like, oh, we'll get to make a pilot, but it probably won't get picked up because it is so quiet and so small and so um, internal. And uh, and the fact that people are are actually watching it and enjoying it is just a a beautiful added surprise. What does it say about the audience? What does it what does it say about HBO that they took a chance on this thing? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know what it says about them, but I'm very grateful to them. And I think the reason the audience is so into it is because, 
you know, this is a show about, like I said, it's not, these are, we, we don't look like movie stars. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this show is on radio, but uh, you can do a Google and you're not going to yeah. <laughs> be <laughs> breathtaking by my beauty. And uh, some and, people, and, will but be. I think yeah. people, uh, thank you. Thank you for yeah. that. But I think that people love watching a story about people, you know, on the wrong side of 40. Who mm-hmm. are um, mm-hmm. who still have hopes and still have dreams and still have um, uh, aren't giving up on themselves. You know, for me, and again, I, I assume I'm probably speaking for a lot of people. That first episode in season one, when I think you sort of mm-hmm. coax Sam, played by Bridget Everett, you know, up on the stage to sing a song. I mean, you had me. You had me at square one. I mean, that that was really a terrific <laughs> episode. And it so touching and so warm. And to me, I, I found it just absolutely irresistible at that point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that there's so much in the way that Bridget plays her being shut down. She's, she she plays that so well. So and well. I think yeah. the, way they, the way they wrote Joel to sort of just shower her with love and affection and adoration, uh, you just can't help but feel like, oh, good. Oh, good. She needs this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, they they... they they do a really great uh, Peter Gabriel song, so can't. That's can't right. There That's right. <laughs> you know, your character on the show is a member of the LGBTQ community. You said on Jimmy Kimmel just the other day that you personally came out as gay at age twenty. What was it like navigating that, and and you know, how did your family and how did the community respond? Yeah, uh, well, it was it was a different. T- it was pre Will and Grace, so it was a little mm-hmm. m- more. Um, you know, touchy. Right, right. <laughs> um, I feel like now if you come out, you like get a cake or whatever. And, and you didn't get a cake then. Um, <laughs> but it, it was also, um, I, I I was lucky to have a really supportive uh, parents and, and and sister. And so my, my immediate family was very supportive. And uh, I was also a member of a, a, a faith community. I was going to Texas Lutheran College at the time. And um, that was a little more dodgy mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> talking to everyone there <laughs> is that why you waited until 20 to come out oh my gosh i thought i was coming out so early at 20. oh really but yeah really? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i know now now kids come out at you know 12 but i uh it took me a very long time to admit it even to myself much less to the rest of the world that was kcur steve kraske speaking to actor jeff hiller from the hbo show somebody somewhere This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. On Monday, we'll bring you a special holiday episode about the legacy of the Wizard of Oz in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.